Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the program. My name is William Hemsworth. It's great to be with you all again this week for this week's episode. Please to welcome our guest back, uh, Robert LeBlanc. Of course, he's the he's one of he's the one of the hosts of the Pints and Pews podcast, and he's also the author of a great new book called Five Smooth Stones: Facing the Goliath of Our Fears. Robert, how are you doing today? Very blessed. Very blessed, William. Thank you. Uh, as we were chatting a little bit before, uh, I'm warm and I'm safe because uh, unlike where you are down in Arizona up here, uh, we have succumbed to our nickname of the Great White North. And uh, earlier this week, we got a couple feet of snow. The snow was actually knee deep and wow. uh, having to go clear that. And yesterday when I was leaving for work, uh, minus 27 degrees Celsius, uh, we did the quick calculation, minus 16 Fahrenheit. Uh, I don't think you see anything like that down there where, where you are. So Not at all. Like I said, I went to the gym this morning and it was 38 degrees. For us, that's really cold and people try to stay in. So we're, we're kind of wimps down here. But like I said, off, off air, we, can, we kind of pay for it in the summer when it's 110, 112. But that's kind of, that's kind of the trade-off. <laughs> yeah, yeah th th 38 degrees. I'm in the swimming pool out back, right? Like that's uh, completely different. And similar kind of thing this past week, my mom on Facebook posted a little thing. You know, I'm not going outside until the temperature is above my age. And you know, my quick comment on that is, you know, I hope you're talking Fahrenheit and not Celsius because, I mean, e even at our own age, if it was Celsius, our, our blood would start to boil. So, right. Uh, <laughs> But no, very, very blessed, uh, like I said, to be safe and warm. Good. Very blessed that you've invited me back. Uh, thank you so very much. It's uh, always, a always a treat to chat. Sorry, getting, you know, still earlier in the morning, getting the words out. Uh, it's all right. Again, the pleasure is all mine. Again, again, the book, Five Smooth Stones. And I, and I guess before we get into the book, what was the... What was the inspiration, um, I guess, behind you writing the book? What prompted it? Where did the book come from? Right. Uh, kind of like the first book, Who Do You Say That I Am? And Other Questions That Christ Asked Us, that came from uh, an Augustine Institute talk. This one also came from uh, Lighthouse Catholic Media, Augustine Institute talk uh, by okay. Mark Hart, uh, the Bible geek. And I was in the car one day with my son. And so this would be about 10 years ago now, as he was seven or eight at the time. Uh, and we were driving, we were listening to Mark Hart's talk. Uh, and he started off with, you know, at the end of your earthly life, when you die and you get to heaven, you know, what are you going to be the patron saint of? Because you need to, to live your life uh, in a way that you are the patron saint of something. Who is God calling you to be the patron saint of? Uh, and so... I just quipped with my, my sarcastic sense of humor to my young son in the back, I'm going to be the patron saint of flushing unflushed toilets, right? <laughs> because that's what we were dealing with at the time. And uh, without missing a beat, the eight-year-old in the back seat says, well, I'm going to be the patron saint of not flushing toilets. And uh, we, we had a good chuckle with that. But in his talks, uh, Mark Hart continues on, and I quote him in the book on this, uh, when he's, he's talking about making our way through our lives and the, the fears that we encounter. And his line is, don't tell God how big your fears are. Tell your fears how big God is. Mm. 
don't tell God how big your, your problems are, how big your fears are, but tell your problems and your fears how big God is. And he went back himself, Mark Hart, to the, the story of David and Goliath. And he keyed in on the line where uh, as David was going to approach the battle line, as David was going to confront Goliath, he reaches down into the wadi, into the riverbed, and he picks up five smooth stones. And he puts them into his pouch to go take on Goliath. And anything and everything that's in scripture is there for a reason. Because we all know it only took one stone. Mm-hmm for David to take Goliath down. So why five stones? And Mark Hart said, what are these five stones? What are the five stones that David put into his pouch? What are the five stones we need to put into our shepherd's pouches to go take on the Goliaths of our lives? And I thought, hmm, good question. Good question. What are these five stones that we need to to pick up so that we can face our fears and so it was from there that the was the the book germinated that was kind of the the seed that that was planted Uh, i had written an article on that shortly thereafter uh, based on five smooth stones Uh, and then as far as the book is concerned um, kind of in between that 10 years ago and this i guess was now three years ago i was doing a retreat series and was going to do one on the armor of God, but I also thought, well, I'll take these five smooth stones and we'll, we'll kind of put them together because the five smooth stones and the armor of God, again, is to, to go out into spiritual battle, to go out and, and, and battle the, the Goliaths of the world, of our fears. And so I, I put together, based on the five smooth stones, uh, humility, wisdom, virtue, courage, and the grace of God. And so I put this retreat together and I'm giving the retreat and I'm going, this is good. Like this is, though the Holy Spirit was whispering in my ear through also the, the reaction of the retreatants that this is something people are, are thirsting for. This is, right. people are, are, are hungering for this. Now God, God writes straight with crooked lines. God always has a plan. God has a way of, of bringing out what he wants out of the midst of where you think nothing can come Mm -hmm. so we go now to march 2020 and march 2020 will will probably go down in infamy uh in the history books right as that's kind of when north america shut down Uh, the the covid pandemic had already started uh, overseas but that's kind of when it it came to town and it shut us down uh and i remember starting march break 2020 as a teacher, uh, we had finished lessons for the day. We're heading into March break. So heading off to the pub to enjoy a a pint that we made it to the holidays with a a few colleagues. And they had the, the news up on the the screen, one of the screens in the pub and somewhere between leaving school and getting to the pub. And it's not even a five minute drive. It was announced that our March break was going to be extended by two weeks to help shut down this looming pandemic and we're all oh extra holidays and you know little did we know and i think if we had had the foresight at that time we would not have been selfishly celebrating right so we get into the two weeks of the extended march break 
and two weeks turned into two months and turned into six months as we were out of school from March until the following September. Uh, and nobody really knew what school was going to look like. So what ended up happening was uh, the online learning was basically me sending work out on Monday to my students and collecting it on Friday. So what to do Tuesday through Thursday, what to do, you know, checking in at school and, and checking in to see if there's any questions from the kids or, you know, how they were doing, um, not just physically, but spiritually uh, and doing what we could then. But again, we were all kind of working in the dark. So I would set aside an hour to two hours a day to put some flesh on the, the skeleton of my retreat notes to, to put the book together. Uh, from there, it goes to, to rewrite. I send it out to a few friends uh, for them to go through. And I always say, just rip it apart, make it better. And they did. Uh, if you were to look at the first draft to the, to the final draft, um, my wife was excellent through the whole process. She's my, my first proofreader to uh, not just for content, but any of the spelling mistakes and, and typos that are, are there. Uh, so I had it done and polished by the end of August, 2020 and sent it off to my publisher. Uh, was too quick a turnaround at that point to get it out for that fall's release. Um, but it came out then, yeah, November, 2021. So that's the, that's the history of the book. Okay. So it all started off with Mark Hart talking about David and Goliath. That's great. Mark Hart talking about David and Goliath and my son and I talking about flushing toilets. Yeah. You never know the inspiration that's going to come from the Holy Spirit, right? So <laughs> exactly. And it's being in tune to when that inspiration comes and uh, not blocking them out. Right. Now, before you even get into the introduction, in the book, you have a, a quote in there from St. John Paul II, and I just wanted to read it because I think it's powerful. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it. It says, we are not asked to have shining armor to overcome Goliath, but simply to know how to choose a few, a few stones, the right ones with the wisdom and courage of David. So what struck you when you saw that quote? And I guess, obviously, obviously it goes with the theme of the book, but what struck you about it to, to weave it in there? Well, I mean, we just need to look at the story of David and Goliath as it is. So when David first offered to take on Goliath, because all David's job to do, to do at the beginning of the story, he was just supposed to bring lunch to his brothers. Right? That, that was the task his dad had given him. Here's lunch, go take it to your brother's we'll see you in half an hour kind of thing. Uh, David gets there and he sees Goliath and, he, and he's taunting and he's doing this and all the Israelite army is petrified of him. And so David says, well, no, I'll take him on. You know, mm -hmm. he, he's not that big, you know, nine foot six. He's not that big. And David was about five foot four. <laughs> so, uh, and they're like, well, you're, you're just a kid. You're just a boy. Uh, and he's a warrior. We, we got to get you kitted up to go take him on. So King Saul actually offered to lend him his armor. Mm -hmm. And so they put the king's armor and, and the king would have the shiniest armor of them all. And he would have the best armor of them all. And they put this on David and David can barely walk. Right? The, the armor is so heavy and so cumbersome. You know, he can barely stand. He can't even take a few steps, let alone go out and fight Goliath. 
and so there's the shiny armor that St. John Paul II is referring to. You know, the, the armor of the world. What is it that the world says we need to put on to go take on the Goliaths that are out there? Right? And a lot of that, you know, our, our pride, our self-reliance, uh, our sarcasm, right? and all of these things that the world says that we need to have to go take on the Goliaths, to go take on our fears, a lot of times are cumbersome. Mm-hmm. And we can't walk in them when we can't move in them. And instead, David said, no, I'm going to go forth as the shepherd that I am. You know, and, he, and he says, you know, as the Lord saved me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, the Lord will also save me from the, the paw of this giant. And he had the humility to realize he needed to go out as himself. And what are the weapons of the shepherd? His staff and his slingshot. And so he reaches down to grab the five smooth stones to arm himself to go take on Goliath. And so we need to know what are the stones, again, to put into our pouch? What are the stones we need to have in our arsenal? Not the armor that the world wants to set us up in, but what are the stones the Lord wants to give us? to go take on the Goliaths of our fears. And so that's, when I read that quote from St. John Paul II, I thought that so perfectly sums up that episode of the story where they try to send David out as a warrior as opposed to a shepherd. And and your book is broken up into those five stones, if you will, of humility, wisdom, virtue, courage, and the grace of God. Now, when it comes to humility, I guess... What is humility? Because I think sometimes we have this false notion of what it is. What is humility? Humility is knowing. And so as I'm moving my notes here so that I can, I can catch up to where you are in the, in the question. Uh, humility is knowing that God is God and I am not. Right? We have a God complex in our Western society today. Uh, we all have a tendency, myself included, myself included, we all have a tendency to think we are the center of the universe, that the universe revolves around us. And that is one of the hardest things to let go of. And, And part of it, not to throw the blame on my parents, not to throw the blame on all of our parents, but growing up, we were always told you can be and do whatever you want. Don't let anyone else tell you any differently. And so we have the, this God complex and the notion of humility, if God is God and I am not, uh, puts that aside and leads us to kind of the next part of humility of, of letting go and letting God, realizing that, We don't have the answers to everything, realizing that we can't confront all the problems in the world and realizing that we need help. And again, that's one of those bits of armor of the world that you need to be self-reliant and it's a sign of weakness if you have to ask someone else for help. But so often in this comes with, the, I guess, the next stone of wisdom, but so often coming to the realization that I can't do this on my own, 
and that I need the help of others, but above all, I need the help of God. I need the Lord's help to, to take that on. Uh, and as we, we serve God, uh, we'll always have those trials. Whenever God calls us and wherever God calls us to, uh, he's never promised that it's going to be an easy path. He's, he, always, he promised it was going to be difficult. So we are going to, we are going to need his help for that. And, and David approached Goliath that same way, where he kept saying, you know, the Lord will save me. The Lord will help me. Uh, he even says the battle is the Lord's. The battle's not ours. The fight's not ours. Right. It's, it's the Lord's. Um, but thanks be to God, we know that the Lord has won the battle and that allows us to fight the fight. Right. Hey, Amen. Now in regard to humility, how important is um, the sacrament of confession reconciliation to that, to that stone, if you will. Whenever someone asks me that question, I always like to come out with one of my absolute favorite quotes. Only the penitent man will pass. Hmm. And then uh, I, I always then like asking the host, do you know who came out with that? Uh, you, you read the book, so maybe you remember, but uh, only the penitent man shall pass. I'm drawing a blank. I'll be honest with you. I did read the book, but I'm drawing a blank. It's early in the morning here, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> well, and, and most people draw a blank because you're, you're trying to think of what saint said that. That is so awesome. What saint came up with that? Yeah, Indiana Jones. Ah, <laughs> That's right. Yes. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, as they're going yes. into the, the, the Templar Fort, which is really the lost city of Petra. And, uh, and, and he knows there's all these traps. And one of the hints is, you know, only the penitent man will pass. And he's whispering that only the penitent man will pass. And he finally realizes the penitent man is on his knees. And of course, the way Hollywood would have it, you know, as soon as he realizes he needs to be on his knees is when the the saw, razor saw comes flying through right where his throat would have been and cut his head off. Um, and he realizes, yeah, no, only the penitent man will pass. And so we have this role of penitence in humility, of getting down on our knees, of acknowledging our sinfulness. And it, for myself, it really was through a return to the confessional. Because I'll openly admit, I went for uh, a period probably close to 30 years where I did not avail myself of the, the sacrament of reconciliation. Kind of the, you know, as I left elementary school and the wheels fell off, it wasn't until you know, almost midlife that maybe I need to get back. And even that first one uh, was probably a little bit wonky. Uh, but it's through a regular acknowledgement of my own sins that uh, I've been able to develop a humility to get to know my own limitations. Because it's in acknowledging where we've gone wrong that we realize our own limitations uh, and where we need to ask others for help. Um, and for myself, that's especially my wife, especially my spouse. Um, because again, through the grace of God, that notion of being complementary, right? And that she makes up for all of my weaknesses. And so, but it's having that humility coming out of the confessional uh, that I'm able to, to do that. And I think that feeds perfectly into the next 
stone that you write about, which is wisdom. And again, I think it's something that in our world, we have this false notion of wisdom. Like wisdom is like, you know, all these facts off, off the top of your head, but you say something different in your book. Can you kind of go over that for us? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the world today, wisdom is knowing stuff. Right. Wisdom is knowing stuff. Uh, whenever I approach wisdom with my students uh, or with retreat groups, I always like come in with, and I can't even, it, it's not mine but I can't remember where it came from, but this isn't mine. Uh, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Right? Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Right? The seeds are in the inside, so a tomato is fruit. Wisdom is not putting a tomato in your fruit salad, because that would be a disgusting. Yes. Right? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> gross. And so knowledge is knowing stuff. And, and the world has a fascination with knowledge today where wisdom is using what we know appropriately. And again, I came across that just recently, that, that wisdom is using what we know appropriately. Um, world is fascinated with, with knowledge. Uh, in my doctor's office, there's a, a poster on the wall. Don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I have firsthand knowledge of that. Um, when our son first came home, it was just before his first birthday. Um, he had an anemic attack. Right? I mean, he, he was white, his blood cell was and, and lethargic. And we really didn't know him. And all of these trips back and forth to the pediatrician, trying to figure it out. As, as most medical things do, they, it, it's never right off the top. It, these diagnoses sometimes take a while. And someone I, I worked with at the time, her daughter was doing her PhD uh, in pediatrics or, or something within the medical field. So she said, okay, well, what are his symptoms? I'll, I'll, I'll ask her what she thinks. And uh, the, the next day, my colleague comes into work and she gives me a piece of paper and there's a word like this long on it. And she kind of looked a little grave and she's like, well, you know, my daughter didn't really want to say this, but you know, we'll, we'll look into it. And so I did a Google search. Uh, and according to the Google search, my son wasn't going to see his 10th birthday. Mm. And I'm thinking, hmm, okay, now I have this knowledge, but wisdom told me, keep it to yourself. Don't mention it to your wife. Don't mention it to, to my son's mom. Uh, keep it to yourself. And Let's hold it under your hat. So I had the knowledge, but wisdom was saying, don't share it. And as we progressed through with the, the pediatricians, uh, we came to realize it was a one-off anemic attack. They couldn't explain it. His body healed itself, no medication, no surgery. And that would have been 18 years ago. Mm. And he hasn't had one since. Wow. So again, knowledge and, and wisdom. And and coming back to the, the world's notion again of, you know, this obsession with knowledge, uh, as we're recording this, we're mid to late January 2022, we're coming up to February 2022, mm -hmm. which would mark then two years since uh, the gentleman who created the copy paste feature. And, and my students love copy paste. You, know, you go, go into Wikipedia, you copy it, you paste it into your document, you hand it in, your project's done. Uh, as adults, we can, can do that. I mean, 
the quotes that are in the book, copy and paste from, you know, from the internet as well. Uh, but we just have that obsession with that where, yes, we do need to have knowledge, but we need to know how to use it appropriately. And from that, I like to, to speak to the point that, you know, in the in Bible, uh, I think it's in Proverbs, where it states, you know, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Right. And again, this isn't fear, uh, trembling and fright, and being scared. But this is having a respectful knowledge of who God is having a healthy respect for God. So it's coming back to our humility. That, that God is God and I am not. And relying on the revelation of God and relying on what God is revealing to us and then using it as God intended. Using that knowledge as, as God intended. But we can't have that healthy respect for God. We can't have that revelation of knowledge from God if we don't have a relationship with him either. Right. So the, the same way that we have a relationship with our wives because we spend time with them uh, and conversation with them, the same way that you and I have a relationship as, as friends because we'll spend time uh, doing these podcasts right. together and chatting. Uh, we're able to, to grow in relationship. Well, we need to do that with God as well through prayer, through the sacraments, through scripture, right? Right, and... You know, to kind of dovetail on that and sorry if i'm skipping ahead here you talk no. you, ta you talk about courage in, in the book quite a bit as well mm -hmm. and you know and can't, we have we're dealing with a lot of stuff as christians you know cancel culture um relativism of course you know we just had the march of life here in dc this past week so we're dealing with the culture of death and all that so mm -hmm. what what are we as christians how do we develop this courage to confront all these things that seemingly um, the odds are insurmountable for us to overcome. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. I, I, I think that's the, that's the easiest answer. That's the, <laughs> the, the quickest answer. Um, Jesus, I trust in you. And again, we need to build up that trust. It's not that Jesus needs to earn our trust. We need to build up the trust on our side. And we, and we need to figure that out. And that comes from growing in relationship with Christ again. And again, that's done through prayer. That's done through prayer uh, and daily prayer. And I speak about that in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, as a family, as a family, we, we try to do a daily family benediction before we all go our separate ways. A little more difficult. Uh, with a teenager in the house, uh, I'll give you that, than when he was younger. Right. Uh, but having the holy water and giving each other a blessing, asking the Lord to send his spirit upon each of us through the course of our day, that we do have the courage to be a witness of God's love to the world. Right? And that includes the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in this day of battle. Because, again, we can't do it on our own. You know, God is God and I am not. And we need to let go and let God. And it is spiritual warfare 
but we're of the physical realm. So we need that spiritual aid. We need the aid of St. Michael. We need the aid of our guardian angel to do that. Uh, I'm blessed to, to teach and work in a Catholic high school. So the Blessed Sacrament is present in our chapel. So again, a, a daily stop, five minutes, five minutes for daily adoration, for laying my cares and worries at the feet of Christ there. Uh, do I always get an answer? Not necessarily. Yes, I always get an answer, but am I always aware of the answer I get is maybe the better way to, to say that. Am I always aware of the answer I get? No, not always. It depends if I'm in that, that disposition to receive it. But having the, praying for the, the courage to fulfill my daily obligation in the classroom, praying to have the, the courage to fulfill my daily obligation as a, a husband and a father. And then from that is a, a weekly prayer after receiving communion. Lord, may this communion be faithful and fruitful. Lord, thank you for coming to me in the Eucharist, for giving me that courage to walk the narrow path that you call me to, to walk, uh, for giving me the courage to carry my cross alongside you with joy. But it's in building that, that relationship. And that courage comes from the, the three stones that come from before. I, I touched on, on humility. Again, knowing when to turn to Christ, knowing when to ask for the help of others. If we know we're not in it alone, if we know that Christ is on our side, then we are going to have that courage to step into the breach, to have that courage to confront the Goliaths that are out there. And it's not always going to be easy to do that. And we will suffer. And there will be consequences for that. But when we know that, that Christ is on our side, we know that ultimately the battle has been won. Having the wisdom to recognize God's will, having the, the wisdom to recognize right from wrong, even if wrong seems to be prevailing, having that wisdom to know what is right for discerning God's will for our life, even if it's a struggle, will bring peace. And that will give us courage. And the notion of, of virtue, where it's having that wisdom, like we said, wisdom is having knowledge and using it appropriately. So living a life of virtue. And living a life of virtue is like a muscle. You said you were at the gym this morning, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you need to work those muscles to help them continue to grow, to help them to, to continue to be strong and healthy. Well, we need to work the muscle of virtue. We need to work on saying no to the temptations of the world. And the world is full of temptations. The, the, the world is just replete with them everywhere we look. And we don't even need to leave our homes to, to, to have that. And so all of those three are, are what are going to bring us the courage to step out there. So we have those four. And then the fifth one, the grace of God. And you contain a very powerful passage of scripture in there uh, from 2 Corinthians, if I'm not mistaken. My grace is sufficient for you. That's personally a verse that's changed my life. 
And I guess how do, how how is the grace of God encapsulated in all these stones? So you asked before about how confession can help lead us to to yeah. virtuous life. How can confession help us be wise and virtuous and courageous to the world? That line came to me in confession. Oh wow. <laughs> uh, so as you mentioned, I was at confession and our previous pastor, he was, was such a, a humble and gentle soul in the confessional. And I can't even remember now uh, what I brought in confession that day. And thanks be to God, the Lord doesn't remember either. It's for, forgiven and forgotten. But as part of the counseling, as part of the absolution, uh, father came out with that that word i think i was probably feeling like i was lacking that i was not stepping up to the plate that i was not fulfilling the role that god was calling to me me, me to to fulfill and father said you, you need to remember my grace is sufficient right? so even if the the world is crumbling around us god's grace is always there for us uh, and we need to recognize this. And we need to recognize that everything that we do, everything that we say, everything that is for the building of the kingdom comes from God's grace. And, yeah. and I like to say that, you know, the, the stone, the grace of God is the one that gives the coup de grace. It's the, uh, uh, the, I guess you say that in English as well, like the coup de grace, the I'm not, not sure if you've heard this expression. I know oh, the, it, the, coup, the coup de gras is that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, in, in French, that's the, the expression for, you know, the, the stone that takes everything down or the, uh, and, and this is the stone that took Goliath down. Right. And so it, it, that is built and God's grace is built on us living a life that is humble, wise, virtuous, and, and courageous. Uh, and I think of the, the line, uh, it was during some of the persecutions in, in England in the, in the late Middle Ages, and you know, someone was watching uh, prisoners being led to the scaffold, and he said, you know, but for the grace of God, go I. Right? There, but for the grace of God, go I. That God, in, in his infinite wisdom, puts us where he needs us to be. Right. So who are we to say no? Yeah. Right. So, uh, and we can't defeat Satan on our own. We need God's help. We need the help of the, the angels. But we need to be open to God's grace as well. Right? We need to be open to, right. to that. Uh, and that comes back to, to the notion of you know, don't go to, to God telling him how big our fears are, how big our problems are, but go to our problems and our fears and tell them how big our God is. Right? And, it, and it's really the grace of God that will see us through. Great. Hey, you were talking to Robert LeBlanc and his book, Five Smooth Stones, which was released in November by, by uh, Justin Press. So what has been the feedback that you, what feedback have you received from the book so far in these past few months? It's, it's, I've been floored. I, I, I've been 
floored. I, I am humbled by the, the response to, to the book. Uh, anyone that I have spoken to about the book, they've just said how timely this is for them right now. Uh, I share a number of my own, own personal stories in the book and, and they seem to resonate with people. Uh, again, that, that's just humbling in and of itself that uh, people will take those lessons from my life uh, and see that in their own. Uh, but again, like the, the world is just such a, a scary place right now. now. Between the COVID and economic uncertainties, uh, right now to you know, political stability in certain parts of the world. Uh, it really seems like the, the world is crumbling around us. And so having these five smooth stones to, to bolster ourselves, to know that God is there with us, that not only is God at our side, but he's holding our hand or putting his arm around us, that he's carrying us. Right? Uh, and so now you, you ask, what has the, the response been to that? Um, Again, anyone I'm hearing from, they're like, wow, this is just so pertinent right now to the point where then they are purchasing other books to, to give out to, right. to others. So, uh, but again, that, and that comes back to, we were talking about humility and, and that's one of the hardest parts for myself as an author and yourself as an author too. I'm sure you, you go through this yeah. is realizing this is God's work. It's not about the name that's on the, the front cover of the book. Uh, it's about getting the message out. It's about planting seeds for the Holy Spirit. And there are times where I need to rein myself in. There are times when I need to rein my ego in because it's very easy to, to let it go in these circumstances. Right. So where can our listeners and viewers get the book? Well, I would encourage them to, to stop by catholicmoment.ca. And there, one of the tabs is for the books. So I, I think the direct link for the book itself would be catholic.ca slash book. Uh, they can read a little synopsis of the book there. Uh, they can purchase it through my website there. Uh, what I'd like to offer uh, for your listeners and YouTube viewers too is with the... I'm trying to think of a good coupon code for, for that. I'd like to offer 10% discount for your, your listeners oh, okay. and, and your viewers. Uh, I'm going to say simply faith, F-A-I-T-H. Just the, the name of the, your show, Defend the Faith. Yes. And it's all about the faith. So we'll go with, with faith. Uh, and I'll set that up for your, your listeners for a 10% discount. That helps me to then know too, uh, William, and to give you thanks when, you know, if someone does happen to, to make the purchase that way, I can, can let you know as well. Oh, great. Yeah. So definitely check out the book and he's being gracious and giving us a great discount on there. So again, that coupon code is faith F A I T H. So I want to shift gears for another moment. Can you uh -huh. share with share with us what's going on at Catholic moment and the pints and pews podcast? Oh man. Yeah. Uh, Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, someone at work yesterday said to me, you're so busy. And it's like, yeah, I know <laughs> trying, to, trying to juggle work and, 
and the apostolate uh, and fam family life is first. I mean, not first, first and yeah, foremost, fa family life is, is first. Uh, and then everything else is second. So Catholic moment and the video series, uh, you asked me that same question back when we spoke last summer, six months ago. And I think since then I've managed to maybe get one video out. It's all right. It, it, it's, it's time. Uh, managed to get one video out and had about seven different ideas for videos. Uh, and man, I, I would love to be able to do that full time. Uh, so that's a little bit on the back burner right now. Uh, but the catholicmoment.ca is still the website to go find everything, including the Pints and Pews podcast, mm -hmm. um, which we were, were so happy to have you on the show. Uh, unfor unfortunately, at that time, uh, my co-host Dennis was, was off the L. He is back, and, and it's been great to have him back. So we're trying to get an episode out once every two weeks for that. Um, so we'll go once a month, Dennis and I are just chatting and we're, ha we're having a beer and we're chatting about things of the faith. Uh, and then we'll have guests on as well, uh, like yourself um, came on. We'll talk a little bit about, about the beers that we're drinking, but more importantly, we just talk about the faith and you know, let our guests share their story and their apostolates. Uh, and really just kind of help build up the faith. And our, our last guest that we had on, a uh, young gentleman named Robert Lichner, uh, he is actually one of our listeners. And he started interacting with us. We said, okay, we'll have this guy on, a young gentleman. And he spoke about the interconnectedness of Polish culture and the Catholic faith uh, and all that. But he, his comment back to us, he says, one of the reasons why he comes back to the podcast is that we just seem like a couple of real guys sitting at the pub, chatting over a beer, talking about things that everyday Catholics wonder about and want mm -hmm. to talk about, uh, whether it's, you know, appropriate posture at, at mass or, or how to receive the Eucharist, uh, or different ways in which the, the, the beer and faith are interconnected. And also too, with the, the guests that we've, we've had on and what they've had to, to share as well. And so you asked that tomorrow, Dennis and I are going to be recording another episode uh, and we'll be chatting about, uh, there is a convent of nuns in Belgium that have just started brewing beer again oh. to, to help pay uh, they have a leaky roof and they need to pay for the roof. And they, they started brewing beer as a way to raise funds for this. So we're going to chat a little bit about that. Uh, but we're also going to chat about Holy Days of Obligation. That's just uh, something that was highlighted for us, maybe more so up here in Canada, because over the Christmas season, we had our only two Holy Days of Obligation. Like in Canada, we only have two, Christmas and the Feast of Mary, Mother of God, January oh, 1st. Okay. So outside of Sunday, we're not obliged to go to mass now for another year. And so, I, uh, so we're, we're going to talk uh, about what are the holy days of obligation, uh, what are obligations and compare. Because I know uh, down in the, the States, you have maybe five of the 10 holy days of obligation. And I'm, I'm not, not to put you on the spot. And, and I want to say, and I could be wrong on this. I think there's seven. Okay, could be. I, I'd have yeah. to look at. I'd have to look at my notes for that. Uh, so we're we're, we're going to chat about that. And again, that's just something that piques our interest uh, 
and we, we've got some great guests lined up uh, as well in the coming months. So yeah, uh, they can find Pints and Pews on their favorite platform, whether it's Spotify or, or Apple. Uh, we host it on Podbean. Uh, you can find it as well, catholicmoment.ca slash podcast. There, there's a link there for it as well. And you just started season two, correct? We just started season two, much to my chagrin. That was Dennis's idea. Um, we started last year at the beginning of Lent. So I thought, okay, Ash Wednesday would be the, you know, the start of Lent will be the start of our season two. And he's like, no, we got to do it with the calendar year. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. Though. So it makes it feel like we're season two, but we haven't been quite a full year, full okay. year yet. Um, so, yeah, but it's part of the fun. And that's just part, again, just a couple of guys hashing these things out and we chat and we, we laugh. We take the faith seriously, but not necessarily ourselves. Right. yeah it, it really is a fun show and like you said it's um it, it is really laid back it's just like you're a couple friends just talking hanging out sipping on a beer and just talking about talk about the faith it's a, it's a it's a really fun program so i encourage everyone to check it out oh super thank you so Roberta, thank you for your time today uh, i encourage everyone to check out the book and check out the link in the description uh with the coupon code and thank you for your time today i really appreciate it Thank you so very much for inviting me. And it was great to reconnect again. We're going to have to, to do these a little bit more often. We don't have to record them. We can just, get, just talk jump on Zoom and, and talk. And, and maybe a little bit later in the day because recording in the morning, we can't have that here.